I think there are also differences in expectations for the relationship. A couple examples, can you date multiple people at once? Um, what are the roles for men and women in the relationship? Just as a couple examples. So expectations in the relationship, really big one. Hey, my name is Jordan Giberson. I'm a Texas girl living and thriving in London. The best thing I've ever done, moving abroad hands down. And I'm passionate about helping others do the same. Are you curious about finding a job abroad? You're in the right place, friend. I'll teach you the tried and true secrets of how to make moving abroad a reality for you and how to live a fulfilling life once you get there. We'll cover topics like choosing the best visa for you, how to get a job offer in another country, how to get over your fear of moving abroad, and how to live a life you love once you get there. This is the Move Abroad Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Abroad Podcast. Thanks for joining me. So the other day I asked people on Instagram through a story, I said, what are some podcast episodes that you would really like for me to talk about? And I had two people say dating abroad. And then I had another person confirm it afterwards saying she really wanted me to do an episode on that. So here we are. We're talking about dating abroad. Um, I said originally in Instagram that I was not going to share any personal anecdotes And then as I got thinking, I was like, wow, that story is kind of funny. And like, oh, that story is kind of a weird one. And people like that one. So anyways, I do have a couple of funny stories that I've put in the mix and then also going to talk about some more practical pieces of dating abroad and what that means and what it looks like. So without further ado, here we go. I wanted to start off by saying I am not the expert in dating. I will never claim to be the expert in dating. However, um, I have dated people from all over the world. I've dated many British people. I've dated many South Africans. I love a South African. I always end up dating South Africans, Um, obviously Americans, but there's not as many Americans who I've met abroad uh, or who live in London. I've dated a few Italians. I've dated a Ukrainian. I dated a French guy. I've dated a guy from Tunisia. Um, So those are the ones that came to top of head for me. I will start us off with a couple funny stories about a couple of the guys I've dated. One is about a French guy and another one is about a Tunisian guy. So we'll start with the French guy. (laughs) It makes me laugh just thinking back to this. So I went on a date with this French guy in London. I met him on Hinge. So Hinge is quite big in London, just as a side note, but a lot of other European countries I've noticed use Tinder. And it's not that Tinder has the same reputation in Europe as it does in the States. It's just the main dating platform that I've noticed. That might have changed in the last couple years, but I thought that was interesting to note. So so anyways, I was on this date with this French guy. We were at a restaurant. We were sitting outside. It was summer. And yeah, we were sitting outside at a bar in Soho. And he mentioned four things I found hilarious. So one of them was he said, did you gain weight during COVID? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think I probably gained five pounds or so, but I lost it again. And honestly, my weight fluctuates normally. So, and he paused and he thought for a second and he said, I just think there's no excuse for being fat. I used to be fat. And so I can say that (laughs) that was one of the hilarious things that he said. Um, another one that he said was girls catfish me all the time. When I see them on the first date, I'll still sit down with them for 30 minutes and I time it. And then I just get up and leave after those 30 minutes. I said, you don't say something nice, like, it's nice to meet you, but I have to be somewhere. And he was like, no, I just get up and leave. (laughs) 
And then the third thing that he said that was hilarious was he's like, you know, I like your outfit. It looks nice, but you could never wear that in France. It's way too short. And I will say like, it was short, but it was like a romper, like short. So yeah, it was short, but I was like, okay, whatever. And then the last thing that he said that I thought was hilarious is he said, my parents will never like the girl that I bring home. doesn't matter who she is. So I was like, all right, bright future for me. Um, so anyways, that date was one and done. It was quite hilarious listening to him throughout our date. Um, not my vibe, but anyways, that was a French guy. The second guy that I thought was really funny with cultural differences uh, was a guy from Tunisia. So I traveled around Italy for three months in 2020 and I worked and traveled solo and I was in Venice for two weeks. So I was sitting in St. Mark's Square in Venice and there were a bunch of restaurants around that play live classical music. So I would go there in the evenings and listen to the music. And one night I was sitting there and this guy came up to me, sat next to me and we just started chatting. And as another side note, Props to him, men, public service announcement. Do this. We love it. Even if we're not interested, we're still flattered and you got to shoot your shot. Uh, Otherwise, the moment passes you by. So public service announcement over. So anyways, we got to chatting and we ended up going on a couple dates whenever I was there. I think we went on two dates. So on our second date, he ended up putting me on a video call with his sister and the rest of his family. This was literally on our second date. We were having dinner and we got ice cream and he talked to them for a good 30 minutes while we were together, like put me on camera, wanted me to talk about myself to his family. I found this very wild, uh, not what I would be doing on a second date, but I kind of just went with it and it was fine. Um, and then also on our second date, he told me he was in love with me. And he told me also that I was allowed to do um, whatever I wanted to do, that I was allowed to have whatever religion that I wanted if I stayed with him. And he said that his country is a lot more relaxed than the other surrounding stricter countries. Um, and basically, I told him, hey, not going to work out. Sorry. And then he followed me home um, that night. So yeah, I all safe, all good. We had, a, I stopped him as he was following me home. Like I was probably halfway to my place and I was like, please stop following me. You're honestly freaking me out. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, needless to say, that one also did not work out. So French guy, Tunisian guy, wish them the best of luck was not a good fit for me, but definitely provided me a funny story to share with you. <laughs> so anyways, those are just a couple of the funny stories. But like I said, I have dated quite a few people from other countries. So I was just thinking about some of the biggest points to consider when dating abroad and some of the, I guess, implications around that and what it could possibly mean. So there are four that I thought of. So one is, and I think this is the biggest one, is differences in culture. So huge. So, I mean, just thinking about what it's like to date someone from a different culture from you. So just there's so many different expectations and so many different cultural norms. So you'll basically find the same types of people as in personalities. So you're still going to find the partiers, the quiet ones, the outgoing ones, expressive ones who wear their heart on their shoulder, the respectful ones, the hard workers, the lazy ones, the rude ones with no regard for others, the giving ones, the romantics, on and on and on. So you're still going to find all those different personality types. But then there are also cultural norms on top of these personality traits. So you'll see the same personality traits in people, but then there's going to be cultural differences on top of these personality traits, which I found really interesting. And it sounds kind of obvious, I suppose, but I found it really interesting whenever I was dating people from other countries. I think there are also differences in expectations for the relationship. A couple examples, can you date multiple people at once? 
Um, what are the roles for men and women in the relationship? Just as a couple examples. So expectations in the relationship, really big one. And then you also find out what cultures you vibe better with. So I've dated a lot of British guys and they typically are not as much my vibe. Of course, speaking extremely generally, extremely generally, but typically they just tend to be a bit more reserved and they don't necessarily communicate what they're thinking or feeling as much. Whereas I am not like that as much. I'm pretty direct and straightforward typically. I typically tend to get on a bit better with um, South African guys. I've dated a lot of South African guys and I typically get on with them quite a bit better. I feel like they match my personality a bit better. But yes, point is you'll find out what cultures you vibe better with and kind of match what you're looking for. Something else to consider is that because you have cultural differences, sometimes you don't automatically get each other. You'll have to explain yourself a lot more. Why you do something a certain way, what you believe to be true. I mean, it helps you get to know yourself a lot better because you'll need to verbally explain yourself a lot more. So you'll learn about yourself and really get to know about your own cultural norms as well. You have will never feel more American than you will whenever you're dating someone abroad because both of you carry some or a lot of your cultural norms and your default is sometimes to expose these stereotypes of your home country. So your partner might say that something that you did or something that you said was so American and vice versa. Also to their friends and family, sometimes you are just always considered the American and that carries with it all of the American stereotypes. So sometimes you'll end up being the ambassador almost to your country. The number of questions I've had about politics and gun control in the States, this goes for just random people that I meet as well. But whenever you're dating somebody, I feel like you go a lot deeper on these type of conversations. The last thing I wanted to mention on culture is that typically whenever you're dating somebody, you want to be with somebody that gets you. You want to be fully known and fully loved. And it can be challenging to get that from somebody who's from a culture that's not your own. And you may never get to a place where you feel 100% completely understood by the other person just because you have so many different cultural foundations that you were raised in. Just There's just so many different um, mindsets with different cultures. So not to say that you cannot get on really well with someone who's from a different culture. I know people who... I know Americans that are married to British people. I know... Um, South Africans that are married to Australians. I see that all the time in their very successful, happy relationships and marriages. But it's just sometimes a bit more difficult whenever you do have those cultural differences to just over communicate and make sure that, yeah, you're communicating what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and to communicate some of those cultural differences to find a middle ground. So anyways, that's the, the first one. And I think honestly, the biggest one, the second point I wanted to make is that Whenever you are living in a country that's not your own, you have to deal with the visa, the visa. I've said in a previous podcast that the visa is kind of like your hall pass for living in another country, which is basically what it is, but sometimes visas expire. Visas, you can work towards having permanent residency with visas, but and sometimes people can be from another country and have a passport or permanent leave um, the ability to live permanently in that country already, but a lot of times whenever you are living in another country, you're going to be on a visa, especially for the first few years. 
So sometimes visas end uh, and relationships could as well if you have a visa and your partner doesn't and you're from different countries. So you could also do long distance for a while. I've known a lot of couples that have done that. Obviously, it comes with its challenges, but I've known a lot of couples that have done long distance while they're they're waiting for the visa to go through with the anticipation and expectation that they will be moving back to that country or that they will be living in the same country and city uh, again in the future. So I have known some people that have gotten married a bit earlier in order to get the spousal visa and they're still together. So I guess it worked out well for them. Obviously, it's not something you want to just jump right into, but I have known people that have expedited that process and said, let's, we already know we want to get married. Let's just go ahead and do it. So that is an option as well. The third point I wanted to talk about is the language differences. So even if someone is speaking in English, sometimes because of the accent differences, it's still really hard to understand them. I remember whenever I first moved to the UK, I moved to Brighton first. I was there for three months before moving to London. And whenever I was in Brighton, oh my goodness, I was thinking, are you even speaking the same language as me? Are you even speaking English? Because they would be having conversations back and forth with each other and they're speaking extremely quickly. And even though they're speaking in English, I think for the first two weeks at least, I understood like 50% of what they were saying. You do get used to it over time. You get used to how they're speaking and you're able to catch on quicker and you're you're able to understand everything. I also dated a South African one time and he had such a strong accent. I think for the first probably three weeks that we were dating, probably four weeks, because we're not seeing each other every single day, I really understood like only 60% of what he was saying. And I kept having to say, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? And please talk slower, like, and enunciate, because I had no idea what he was saying. And I'm sure it's vice versa as well. I speak quite quickly. And sometimes if I'm being honest, I kind of slur my words together because I'm talking really quickly. A reminder also that I probably should stop talking as quickly as I'm on the podcast, note to self. But anyways, it's incredibly difficult to understand each other sometimes. Just think if you've ever talked to someone Love you, Scots. Um, you know, not dissing you, but Scottish people, if you've ever tried having a conversation with them, it is really, really difficult to understand what they're saying. So, anyways, even if someone is speaking in English, if you're from a different country, sometimes it'll still take a little bit of time to understand the accent and also just some of the different words and phrases that they use that you're not used to using. For example, in the UK, they were they use the word nappy for diaper or pram for a stroller. I don't know why both of those examples had to do with children. I'm not necessarily thinking about children anyways. Um, so yeah, anyways, you'll have different words and phrases. Moving on. It's even more of a big deal on language differences if you're moving to somewhere like Italy or Spain or somewhere else where English is not the first language. So get ready. It's going to be really hard to have deep, meaningful conversations whenever you're both still learning each other's languages. I would say you're naturally going to have more surface level conversations. I have been on dates before with Italians where we had to use Google Translate and, you know, we're whipping out our phones and trying to like quickly translate something. And it kind of interrupts the flow of conversation. It's not the it's not the nicest experience, but it definitely can be done. And I've also known plenty of really successful relationships where they both don't speak the other's primary language, but you learn with each other, you laugh it off, and you work through it and it's fine. The last thing I wanted to mention on 
differences in languages is that if you're a young person, whenever you meet other young people in countries, they typically are going to know a bit more English to where you can have a more decent conversation. This definitely depends on the country. For example, in Germany and the Netherlands, tons of people speak really great English, whereas in the south of Italy, it will be more of a toss-up. I'd say whenever I was traveling around in Italy, 90% of people spoke enough English to be able to get by, but 10% of people spoke enough English to be able to have a really good conversation. And typically in Italy, at least from what I noticed, whenever it was a younger person, they would speak a bit better English than if it was an older person. And if it was in a bigger city, then a lot more people would speak English than if I was in a smaller town. So definitely something to think about. The fourth point that I wanted to make, did I say I had four or five points? I have five points for sure if I said four before. So the fourth point I wanted to make is planning for the future. So what if you don't know if you're going to want to move home? That is something that I have discussed with a lot of different people. So sometimes people will want to move abroad, but they'll only want to be there for two years, they say. And sometimes people say two years and then they end up staying much longer and they really love it there and they never move back home. But sometimes people, whenever they say two years, they really mean two years. I remember hearing a story about a girl who was in the UK. She was American, married a British guy. And then she decided that she really wanted to move home. But that guy did not want to move to the States. So they ended up ending their marriage after, I don't even know how long they were married, to be honest. I also heard of a story where Well, I actually dated this guy. I dated a British guy and he had just gone out of a five-year relationship with a Grecian girl. They were very in love, but they broke up because she really wanted to move back home to Greece and build her family there. And he really did not want to move to Greece. He wanted to stay in the UK. So yeah, that is a big challenge. If you don't know how long you want to stay somewhere, definitely something to consider. I have known some people that have chosen not to date at all because they do know that it's temporary, but I think it just really depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for just kind of casual dating, not really looking for something long-term versus if you know that you're, I guess, dating to marry or looking for something really serious, you might want to be careful about dating someone in a country whenever you don't know if you want to stay or how long you want to stay. I will also say that even if you don't, this is something that is so person to person, but something that I've really struggled with living here is that I'm like, well, especially in the first year or two I was here, I was like, well, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And I was so afraid of falling in love with someone and then deciding that I wanted to move home and becoming like that girl who married someone, she's American, and then decides she wanted to move home and he didn't want to move there. And I was so afraid of meeting someone and them kind of locking me into London where I felt like I couldn't move back home. So it's definitely a struggle, but I was just having a conversation with a girl the other day and she's been here for one year. She's from South Africa and she was like, well, I haven't been dating because I'm really afraid. I don't know how long I want to stay. I don't know if I want to go back home. I don't know if I want to move to another country. So she was just saying she doesn't know where she wants to be or where she's going to be. So she has been not dating at all. And I was like, well, I mean, I totally get it. And you have to make the right decision for you. But you don't know and you could say, oh, I don't know where I'm going to be in the next five years, 10 years from now. Do you not want to be dating for the next 10 years, 15 years, because you don't know where you might want to be in the next five years? I mean, to each their own, but you don't want to keep yourself from living your life just because you don't know what the future holds. So anyways, that is a tough one, though. 
So also on planning for the future, you might have to make hard decisions in the future that you just have to kind of keep in mind. Just a couple examples would be where are you going to go for Christmas? If your families both live in different countries, you can't just, you know, pop over for the same Christmas. So going home would be a consideration. How you're raising your children, should you move back to the States or to your home country at some point? Is that an expectation that one or both of you have is to move back to your home countries? Um, and just making sure that you share expectations for the relationship. I'd say you should always do this in any relationship to share your expectations of one another, but especially if you're from different cultures, because you might assume that they have the same expectations as you, but you will be constantly surprised that you do not have the same expectations for the relationship and for the future. So with any good relationship, communicate, communicate, communicate. The fourth point on planning for the future is sharing with family. I am not, love you, mom and dad. I am not telling my parents until I'm very much in love with someone because they will make assumptions about whether or not I'm going to move back home and all the life implications around this. And it's just not worth sharing that with them and getting their hopes up or freaking them out over it if it's not going to end up working out anyways. I do share this with my sister and some of my friends as well whenever I'm dating somebody, especially if I'm starting to like them more. But... I, yeah, it's kind of tough sharing with your family. And I think it also depends on your relationship with your parents and with your family, what you choose to share with them and not. But I've chosen not to share with my parents because of the implications about life and where I would live long-term and how I raise my kids and all those things. So yeah, just something to consider. The fifth thing that I wanted to mention about, and this is the funnest one, is you feel like you're living in your own rom-com. There are places that you're going to go and things that you're going to do that just feel so magical. I'd say that this is a bit more the case whenever you're on vacation because you're in a magical new land and everything is new and it's just that feels extra rom-com-y. Whenever you've been living somewhere where you've been there for a while, it's a bit more of your norm, so it's not as magical. But some of the things I've done on dates when I've been abroad have felt extra magical. So I will give a few examples. <laughs> I get nervous talking about these examples. But so one example I was going to give that feels like I was in my own rom-com was an Italian came up to me whenever I was on the Spanish steps in Rome. He came up to me and he said, your beauty shines brighter than the sun, which is such a line. I mean, I loved it, but what a line. And how many times do we think that he's used this line on other girls? Probably a quadrillion. Um, he also, after that, asked me if I wanted to go to a hotel to sleep with him. So that kind of put a damper on the compliment. Um, I said no, by the way, but the compliment, it still stands. I still remember it. My beauty shines brighter than the sun. Oh, how beautiful is that? Uh, one of the other stories I had is I was watching the sunset in Rome with um, an Italian, a different Italian from the guy I just mentioned, and it was a stunning view that overlooked the whole city of Rome, and we just talked for hours just overlooking the city of Rome. It was, and there was tons of other couples. It was kind of on this ledge that was like kind of looking down into a cliff, and then it was like the city in the background. Um, it was absolutely stunning. Another example is on one of my dates, I was walking along the Venice canals and got drinks with a Tunisian guy. Yes, that is the guy that I was talking about before. 
we met whenever that we were both listening to classical piano music in St. Mark's Square. So very romantic. We walked along the canals and I remember sitting along the canal and having a drink and it was really, really nice. I also one time got chatting with a German guy in a coffee shop in Florence. We later got drinks in the evening and had an evening stroll around Florence, which was very romantic. I also one time had a very spur of the moment encounter and dinner with a British guy. I also met him in St. Mark's Square when I was in Venice. So ladies, I guess that's the place to be. Um, But we ended up having a very spur of the moment dinner in Venice and we were outside in like one of the really small passageways in Venice at an outdoor table for two. And this woman came up to us and started speaking in Italian and she was speaking very passionately to us. Someone told us, I can't remember if it was the table behind us or if it was the guy I was sitting with or if it was the waiter. But anyway, someone explained what she was saying and she was basically saying we made such a beautiful couple. She had never seen a more beautiful couple in the world and how lovely it was and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I had literally just met him on the street like an hour before, but that was quite a romantic encounter. And then the last example that I wanted to give was in Dubrovnik, I was walking alone at night one evening. I'm not walking alone at night super late. I mean, it was like, it was dark because it was probably December and the sun sets so early in Europe in, in December. It was I mean, who knows what time it is, maybe like seven. It wasn't like middle of the night. But anyways, it was at night. It was dark. And this British guy was walking around and kind of just walked up to me whenever I was walking. And he was a British guy. He'd been living there and he was a skipper for uh, one of the boats during the summer and he was still living there. And we ended up going to a beach in Dubrovnik. It's a really small beach. If you've ever been to Dubrovnik, it's like one of the really tiny ones. So anyways, we sat on the beach in the sand and we just talked for hours. We're under the stars, listening to the waves, small waves crashing this little beach and looking up at the stars. And it was so romantic. We were just talking for hours that night, just talking about life. And we got into a really deep religious conversation, which was really interesting. So anyways, I have lots more stories about dating people from other countries, but those are some of the few that I had thought of. So anyways, with all that being said, those are the five biggest points I think that you should consider whenever dating someone abroad. So the first was differences in culture. The second one is dealing with the visas. The third one is language differences. The fourth one is planning for the future. And the fifth one is that you feel like you're living in your own rom-com. So those were the main five points I can think of about dating abroad. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Move Abroad podcast. And I also wanted to mention that if you are interested in moving abroad, I have a free guide called The Five Exact Steps to Move Abroad. If you go on jordangiberson.com, my website, it's at the very top banner of the website. It's in black. It, you cannot miss it. It's at the very, very top. So if you're interested in that, then please do sign up. It's a free guide. But other than that, if you aren't following me on Instagram, I am jordan.giberson on Instagram. So follow me there. And I think that's it for me. So thank you for listening to another episode. And I will be here same time, same place next Monday.